That was a great selection of songs this morning, Keith. Um, you know, just being reminded this morning of you know the songs that we sang, we are only able to sing because our Savior has come, because of what we celebrated this last week and the coming of Jesus, and just was was rich to 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 be able to sing about our High King of Heaven, about the fact that my chains are gone, that my God has ransomed me. And that we can look forward to him coming again. I'd like for you to turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Uh, we are uh, in the last week of our, of our series, um, our, coming, our King is Coming. And we talked the first week about the fact in, in the Old Testament, they prophesied his coming. And the last two weeks we talked about the fact that he had come. And today it's, we are looking forward to him coming again. Luke chapter 2. You know, when I read the account in, in, of the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 2, have you ever thought about how could people miss him? You know, if Jesus were born today, would we be ready? I'd like to think that it would be different than it was 2,000 years ago, that, that I'd like to answer, yes, we would be ready. That if he came to Apple Creek today, that, that if Mary and Joseph came, that we would have a room ready. And if we didn't have a room ready, we'd make a room to be ready. And we'd kick somebody out. We would do something to make sure that there was room in Apple Creek for Jesus. But is that really true? Are we more prepared today for the coming of Christ than they were in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago? Are we more prepared today than they were. And when we read this account in Luke chapter 2, we realize that, that for the most part, people, people weren't prepared. Jesus came silently, quietly, without making much stir. He entered into the world just like every other baby enters into the world. You know, John 1 says that he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came into that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. Most everybody missed Jesus when he came 2,000 years ago. But this morning, Luke, Luke tells us of a man who didn't. We know that the shepherds didn't miss him. We know the Magi didn't miss him. And this morning we're introduced to a man named Simeon who didn't miss Jesus either. If you would, in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21, this is what it says. On the eighth day, it was time to circumcise him. He was named Jesus, the name that the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of purification, when, the, when their purification according to the law of Moses had been complete, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with him what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was a righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He had been, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die 
before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do to him what, what was required by the custom of the law. Simeon took him in the arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles for the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the, rise, the falling and the rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. A sword will pierce your own soul too. Father, help our minds to be focused this morning. Help my mind to be focused. Help us to understand why Luke wrote this, to understand Simeon's encounter with the Messiah and our own encounter of the Messiah. So here in Luke chapter 2, Luke makes us aware that, that the law required all male children to be circumcised on the eighth day after, after their birth, and then that day they were given their name. And so that's what happened in verse 21. And then in, in, in verse 22, we see that, that every woman had to, at 40 days after she had given birth, she had to present herself to the temple for purification, and after that the mother and father will present the firstborn child um, to, be, um, to be redeemed, to, to be bought back through an offering that was given. And though the parents, and this was their acknowledging that the Lord, that this child belonged to God, who alone had the power to give them life. And so after 40 days, they would go to the temple, they would offer a sacrifice for their child, sort of like our baby dedication, except you don't bring a couple of doves along or anything like that. You just present your child to the Lord. So that's what was happening here with Mary and Joseph. They brought him back to the temple to have him dedicated. Now, enter a man named Simeon into this story. We don't know much about Simeon's background, only what we're told in Scripture. It says that, first of all, he was, he was a righteous and devout man. And it says he was looking for the consolation, or he was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. And then the third thing that Luke tells us about Simeon was that the Holy Spirit was upon him. So on this day, the Holy Spirit draws Simeon to the temple. Now every morning, probably every morning, Simeon would go to the temple. And every day I think Simeon would ask the same question. How will I know him? What should I be looking for? Do I look for a baby? Do I look for a teenager? Do I look for... When the Holy Spirit said that you will meet the Messiah, what am I looking for? So each day Simeon watched and waited for the Messiah, wondering every day, is today the day? 
is today the day that I will meet the Messiah? So on this day, here comes Mary and Joseph holding a baby in their arms. They're an unlikely couple. He's a poor carpenter from Nazareth, and can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And she is a a peasant girl. They're obviously from the country because they, like us, when I go to the city, I'm in awe of all of the big stuff. And so Mary and Joseph walk into the temple court, and they're in awe of, of all of the big stuff, of the big city of Jerusalem. And so right away you can tell they're from the country. They're not from around here. There's something different about them. So Simeon sees them. He's drawn to them by the Holy Spirit. And Simeon, I think, asks the question like he's asked maybe 10,000 other times, is this the one? Simeon doesn't know. He's looking for Mary and Joseph. And and Mary and Joseph certainly weren't looking for Simeon. And yet God brings them together. And in their coming together, I believe that that God inspired a conversation in the hustle and the bustle of the crowds on the temple court. Now this is all my imagination trying to figure out what was this first encounter really like. And so Simeon begins to hear Mary and Joseph's story of how how the angel had come to Mary and told her that she had conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph chimes in and says, yeah, and then the angel came to me and told me that Mary had had conceived through the Holy Spirit and I'm to give him the name Jesus because the angel said that he would save his people. And then after he was born, these shepherds came who said that the angels had sang to them and told them that the Messiah was born and they were to go and visit him. And all of a sudden, Simeon, as he hears this story, he's like, could this be? Is this the one? And Suddenly, I imagine Simeon's heart leaping and it begins to pound really fast and he says, the long waiting is finally over. The Messiah is here. Here is the one of whom this nation has been waiting for. And I I envision Mary handing the baby Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, to Simeon. And Simeon takes him in his arms. And all of a sudden, the realization comes that I am holding the salvation of the world in my hands. He is here. I have met him, I'm holding him, I see him. And at this point, Simeon breaks out in a song of praise. And he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon, as he begins to worship worship God as he has met the Messiah, the first thing he says, God, I'm ready to die. I have met the Messiah. I have fulfilled my duty. My work is done. I have held the Christ's 
the Lord's Christ, and everything in life pales compared to what I have just experienced, I'm ready to go. Because you see, Simeon has now met Jesus. And everything else in Simeon's life, every other experience that he has ever had, pales in comparison to meeting the Messiah. I believe he, like Paul, Paul in Philippians, talks about how when he met Jesus, and this is what Paul says in Philippians 3, he says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And I believe Simeon realized he looked at life, everything else was rubbish, everything else was, was of no value compared to having met the Messiah. Here he was. The child was in his arms. And then as he's laying in Simeon's arms, he begins to prophesy. And he tells us three things. He tells Mary three things about the Messiah. He says, this this Messiah, this baby that I'm holding, this baby that you have given birth to, he will be the glory of Israel. In verse 32, Simeon sees the fulfillment of all of the hopes and the dreams of the Jewish people across the centuries that, that now they had been promised the Messiah. They knew that one day the Messiah was coming. Now here he is. The, hope, the, 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 the glory of Israel. You see, out of Israel would come the Savior of the world. The highest honor of the Jewish nation was that out of them would come the one that would die for the sins of the whole world. That is the Messiah. They had been waiting and waiting, and now God's promises were finally coming true. He would be, he is the glory of Israel, the Messiah is. But, but Simeon goes on, he, not only does he say he is the glory of Israel, but he says he is the Savior of the world. You see, Jesus didn't just come for the Jewish people. He came for, as it says, he is a light of revelation for the Gentiles. That's us. Jesus came for us just like he came for the Jewish nation. He came to be our Savior. He came to shine light into the world, into every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. He is the Savior of the whole world, and here he is in Simeon's arms, the Savior of the world. The Savior of the whole world, the Savior of the rich, the Savior of the poor. The Savior of the old and the young and the black and the white, the Jew and the Gentile, he is the hope of the world. So it doesn't matter what state you find yourself in. It doesn't matter what state your marriage is in. It doesn't matter how messed up you think your life is. Jesus is for you. He is your hope. 
That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we celebrate the coming of Jesus. It's not about family. It's not about food. It's not about presents. It's about celebrating the coming of hope for all of us. So man, if your family has rejected you, if you have feel forgotten and depressed and discouraged, there is hope. It's called Jesus Christ. He is our hope. He is the light of the world. He is the revelation for Gentiles. He is the one we put our hope in. Because he is the one that forgives us of all of our sins, who gives us the hope of eternal life. He is for all peoples of all times, in all kinds of situations. He is, as Simeon says, as Simeon prophesies, he is, he is the hope, he is the savior of the world. But Simeon also says that he is the divider of the human race. This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel. He is the divider of men, basically, is what Simeon is saying. He will cause many to fall. Simeon looks at, at Mary and says, look, this baby that you're holding, he will cause many to fall. He will cause many to rise. Mary, today your heart is filled with joy, but later it will be filled with sorrow. Rejoice today, Mary, and joy today because darker days are coming. He says, Mary, your soul will be pierced. And that's exactly what happened. Mary would watch this son, this baby that Simeon was holding, this baby that she nurtured, that she birthed. She would watch this child, this son of hers, die. She would watch him be pierced with a sword, be, have nails um, driven into his hands and, and his feet. She would watch him die for the sins of the whole world and in the process, Mary's soul would also be pierced. You see, what Simeon, what, the God, what God showed Simeon is that this Messiah that he was holding, this baby was born to die. That's why Jesus came. He came to die. Like Simeon, no one can ever come face to face with Jesus and not be changed. We can never meet Jesus face to face and remain the same. You see, every time that we are introduced to Jesus, it either draws us closer to him or it pushes us farther away from him. Are you being drawn closer are you being pushed away? Because that's what Simeon is talking about, the rising and the falling. He'll cause many to rise and many to fall. You see, people rise and fall according to their response to Jesus Christ. 
There is no middle ground in a relationship with Jesus. He's either the Son of God from heaven or he's not. We either choose to believe that he's the Messiah and fall down and worship him or we reject him and be eternally condemned. There is no middle ground. Where are you at this morning in that? Have you met Jesus the way that Simeon met Jesus? Now, we can't hold him in our hands, but we can read about him in here, and we can hear about him, and we have to, from that, choose to accept or reject him as Messiah. What is Jesus to you? Not who is he, but what is he? Is he your savior? Is he the one who's going to give you eternal life? Simeon says there's two things. We can either receive eternal life from him, or we can receive eternal death and separation from him if we don't receive him, if we don't believe on him as our Lord and Savior. He is the great divider of the human race. And you're either on one side or the other. The way you respond to Jesus reveals what's in your heart. And you are not ready to die until you have seen him until you have known him, until you have trusted him as your Savior, as Messiah. You see, that's why Jesus came. He came to die so that you and I could live. So that we could live eternally with him. And so my hope is that all of us would, like Simeon, not fear death, but embrace it. Look forward to that day when we can meet Jesus. Look forward to that day when we can say, dismiss your servant now, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon was confident that he would meet Jesus, that he would spend eternity in heaven with God because of what Jesus Christ had done. Are you as ready for Jesus as Simeon was? Because you see, the king is coming again. We've talked about his first coming. We've talked about how he, he came to a manger. We've talked about how he, he grew as a man. But, but Jesus is coming again. And let's not miss him like they did the first time. Let's be ready. Are you ready? This morning I was, I got on a news website and on, on the first page of, this, of, of their website were um, 2015 famous people that we have lost, famous people that have died. And, and you know, some were young, some were old. And, and as I clicked through the pictures and, and, and read some of the accomplishments of these people, I wondered. I wondered how many of them were ready. 
I wonder how many of them had met Jesus. And it grieved me to think that many of them probably didn't. And all of life's great accomplishments were really wasted if they didn't know Jesus. And my prayer is that all of us would have that experience like Simeon did. Like Simeon, I pray that we look forward with expectation to his coming. But when he comes again, he won't come quietly. He won't come humbly. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that all we who are still alive will be le- who are left will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. He will come back and we will know He's here. When he comes back, if we haven't chosen to serve him, if we haven't made him Lord before he comes back, there will be no chance for us to make him Lord. Are you ready? Have you met Jesus? Are you ready like Simeon to meet? Let's pray. Father, We thank you for Lord, this season that we're reminded of the incredible gift of our Savior who came, who was Emmanuel, God with us, to become our sacrifice so that we could live eternally. Lord, I pray this morning that each person here would know Jesus personally. And Father, I pray that through your Holy Spirit right now, um, you would be prompting those who don't. You would be drawing them to yourself. Lord, that like Simeon, the Holy Spirit would be upon them, leading them to Jesus leading them to to make a commitment to, to believe, to trust. To trust Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin. And Father, this Christmas season, I pray that, that they would receive the greatest gift that has ever been given, and that is forgiveness through Jesus and we receive eternal life. Father, may we meet Jesus. As we meet our Savior, may we celebrate, may we bow down, may we worship. We make him Lord of our lives. Lord, I pray we begin this new year as children, 
as sons and daughters of God. It's in Christ's precious name that we pray today. Amen.